0: We are the things that were and shall be again! Richie Rotten back at it with my co-host
1: yeah this is Oscar Cookiemon92 I'm happy to be back brother I know man it's been way too long I
0: apologize for that
1: no same here brother I know we've had a lot of things going on but you know it's all good we got to see a couple of horror movies in between and you know we're ready to get back at it
0: yeah absolutely sometimes life just kind of has its own plans, but we're back at it again, folks. Thank you for yep. sticking with us. I want to thank everybody um, that has sent comments and DMs on the uh, IG page asking about the second yep. episode. So here we are. Um, we're gonna hit the ground running, we've got a couple of things we're gonna talk about, and then we're gonna get into an amazing film series that uh, my good friend Oscar's been wanting to cover for some time. So, yes. Let's start with what movies did you, have you seen since the last time we, we, uh, we talked?
1: Man, so I've been kind of just exploring uh, some of the more popular ones. Like, uh, for instance, I didn't catch Spiral uh, from the Book of Saw. Uh-huh. I didn't catch that one when it came out, but uh, it did come out sometime early last year, I want to say. Uh-huh. So I finally bought it on digital and I saw it. And honestly, I thought it was cool. It, it definitely wasn't the Saw movie that I was hoping for, but right. it was cool. Like I appreciated that they kind of leaned more into the whole cop procedural mystery type of thing more than the torture porn type right. style. Yeah. So yeah, that wasn't so bad. So I would definitely recommend anybody who's kind of into that check it out. I thought it was cool. I liked it. Obviously, I saw Halloween and uh, excuse me, Halloween Kills. Fantastic. Love that movie. Definitely have to do uh something on that eventually. Oh, absolutely. Um yeah i i've seen uh malignant don't breathe Two, both awesome really awesome again malignant is another one that i think we definitely got to dive into one day because it's really really good yeah um uh, disappointingly i saw the conjuring the devil made me do it and uh <laughs> yeah bro <laughs> i was like James Wan, yeah, I can see that you were holding this shit together. Bro. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that that definitely was not where it's at, man. That was not it. I, I was uh, pretty bored, and that's actually a really bad thing to say when you're watching any anyway, yeah, really, but a horror movie, no good, bro. So try- definitely recommend uh, Candyman, the new Candyman, and oh. The Last Night in Soho. Those are amazing.
0: Oh my god, absolutely! I couldn't agree more. Yeah.
1: Thank freaking.
0: you, bro. What about you, man? Tell me what you've been watching. Oh man, so I've been kind of filling in the gaps in my collection, finding little mm-hmm. films here and there. Um, I did watch *Malignant*. I just picked it up on Blu-ray recently. Um, awesome. I feel like it unjustly was hated on, but we're definitely going to cover mm-hmm. that film in the in the in the future because yeah. it, it's it's fantastic. I don't care what anybody says. Um, yes,
1: yes, please.
0: *Halloween Kills*. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was I see, something else
1: see I love that about you bro <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's what I'm talking about you
0: know yeah I, I was jumping off the walls watching that movie man I was it was just yeah. it was awesome on, on every level oh, um, yes I've been kind of a, a buddy of mine's uh, recommended uh, a movie I, and I'm gonna totally mess up the name I think it's called uh, Titan, which I think stands for means titanium in french um
1: oh that's right Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so i'm i'm really eager i just picked that up recently i'm really eager to watch it um i know it's from the creator of raw i don't know if you ever saw that
1: movie i've heard of it i've been kind of apprehensive to check it out it's one of those horror movies that i've always been like uh, you know those types i love them but also i'm kind of scared to watch them you know i'm i'm that type especially
0: if you're squeamish dude especially if you're squeamish yeah (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. exactly i'm the type where i'm like okay wait a minute am i gonna eat today or am i gonna just like pass you know that's the reason i haven't actually sat through uh cannibal holocaust bro. so oh my god yeah Yeah.
0: that's that's a tough one to sit through that's yeah, a tough one to there you go. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. But but I I want to know your opinion about it. So I definitely definitely want to know. Once you see it, please please let me know and let everybody know because um I have heard that it's a very imaginative type of horror movie. It's yeah, of those.
0: Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Uh, like uh, let me see what else. What else? What have I been catching up on? Uh, just mm-hmm. recently I picked up the Child's Play box set that came out just recently. That looks like the Good Guy Doll box.
1: Oh, um, okay. Is that for the movies or for the show? Though? For the
0: movies. Um, oh, I, did, okay. I picked that up because I only owned like the first three and I had okay. never seen cult of Chucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. What you think? Uh, so I'm, I just finished literally minutes ago. I finished watching uh curse of Chucky. And after we record, I'm going to check out cult of Chucky, but they really brought mm-hmm. back that, scary creepiness that was uh, Charles Lee Ray with the first three films. So I'm really excited for the, yeah. for the, the final film. And uh, I want to check out the series as well. I heard that's freaking phenomenal.
1: Yeah, bro. Yeah, I I actually did check out the series as well. I, I checked it out in December. I bought the the whole series. Yeah. And uh, well, I, the first season. And uh, yeah, uh, and I think you're doing it right. Definitely watch them all. Watch Cold. Yeah. And then jump right into Chucky, and you won't you won't miss a beat. Hell yeah,
0: I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Yeah.
1: I, I'm excited, bro. I'm excited <laughs> for you to watch it. Yeah. There's there's actually a lot to say about um the Chucky series too. Um, definitely worth a review one day because um. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, undertones about it, and mm-hmm. also there's there's just a lot to say about what they dive into because you learn a lot more about uh, Charles E. Ray's past in right. that one, like more than I, I would have ever expected.
0: In uh, in uh, Cult of Chucky.
1: Uh, in no, no, no. Actually, uh, in Curse of Chucky, you learn more about Charles Lee Ray's past. Yeah, in Colt, you don't learn as much. Mm-hmm. But in the Chucky series, you they really dive in. Like oh, okay, uh, I okay, would okay, say, okay. this whole first series is all about his past and what he does and shit like that. It, it gets really in depth
0: nice nice
1: yeah yeah Yeah. i know that you're gonna be down because i I know you're down with the chucky series so you're definitely gonna love that
0: hell yeah that little creepy bastard's my dude man (laughs) (laughs) right
1: fucking uh crazy ass like puppet looking motherfucker i love that dude (laughs) yeah man
0: freaking uh yeah but i've been i've been watching a little bit of everything um uh, a good friend of mine—he's been recommending some series here and there. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, the Righteous Gemstones. I just started watching that. And, love that show! Uh, oh my god, it's John Goodman is just amazing. The whole cast is amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it it really is. Like, um, i have noticed that everything that Denny McBride works on, because that's on another one of his shows. Just yeah. like. Um, uh, Vice what principles? did I just finish watching? Yes, I saw that one. Holy shit! I love that one. <laughs> Finished it in like. A couple days, I want to say four <laughs> days, I finished the whole series, and then you know the Righteous Gemstones. I've been watching it since it started, so yeah, I'm I've been on that train, huh?
0: Yeah, dude, they're that like whoever whoever the casting director is for those shows on point, uh-huh. um, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like one of my yeah. favorite actors that I feel doesn't get enough work is uh, Walton mm-hmm. Goggins.
1: I agree, and I agree, he's man. just
0: everything he does from. From Sons of Anarchy to uh, what was that show Justified?
1: And Justified. Um. He
0: just he eats up the scenery, man. He's just he's amazing.
1: Yeah. Like i yeah. love. Yeah, and see... he was in that Tarantino movie. Yes, uh, both actually. Yeah, yeah, he was in both the western ones.
0: Yeah, and Django and uh, and uh, what and, was the uh, other one? Uh, the hateful, Eight. the hateful eight. Yeah
1: yes and uh he's he's an amazing actor bro like i actually saw uh an interview of his Mm -hmm. one time and he had mentioned that every movie not only does he change his inflections on how he speaks yeah but he also changes the way he walks and uh and you you have to really look at it but yeah if you see it every single one that a role that he plays he never walks the same way he walks differently Like, he's a different character, like a different person, really, you know? And I'm like, damn, that's fucking crazy cool. That's dedication to the craft, man. It really (laughs) is, man. It really is. I I honestly tip my hat to the dude because he does an amazing job. I want to see him in a lot more, though. Me too. Me too. Yeah.
0: I think he could make an amazing horror villain. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I could see (laughs) that dude playing a killer. Yeah. (laughs) Because he could play batshit crazy so well. And yeah. still be freaking likable. Like 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 for example uh, in Hateful Eight, yeah. he's a freaking uh he's a what, a Confederate soldier or something, right?
1: That's right. And, yeah. Uh-huh. And he's he one of the, the most likable the militia. Yeah,
0: he's one of the most yeah. likable characters in the whole damn film.
1: Yeah, and that's that's crazy to say that. Like a con an ex Confederate no, not even an ex one, I'm sorry. He was an actual Confederate soldier yeah. who is who is like, you know, now that the war is over, he's still fighting for white people rights, and you kind of, like, like him, though, because yeah, he's funny, yeah, he you know? It's help. like, damn, dude, like, that's kind of fucking crazy. It's like, uh, like, the way that, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was in, the, yeah. in Django. Yeah. You fucking hate how disgusting this dude is as a human being, but holy shit, if you're not mesmerized yeah. by it charismatic right? as and, hell man he, he, oh my god dude like <laughs> don't even right and then and then um getting back to what you had said about him being a horror character yeah i honestly could see him play uh one of the leads of the sawyer clan from uh from a texas chainsaw master oh, movie. that's just me yes yeah right like you totally can do see that, see that texan style oh yeah and you know he could get grimy if he wants to i could see him as uh the chef uh or or even the hitchhiker, you know, or somebody like somebody who actually like runs the house. That know? would be badass. I would fucking love to that see would that. Be Honestly, badass. I really do. Yeah, right? <laughs> somebody write that. <laughs> Just yeah, so Hollywood, uh yeah, by the way, my name is Oscar King, so <laughs> ideas for days here. I know, right? <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, man. No, 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 Uh but anyways, yeah, sorry to cut you off. Um, no, no, it's all good.
0: Mm-hmm. What was
1: that? Oh, anything else that you've been watching?
0: It's funny you mentioned Quentin Tarantino earlier because uh I was listening mm-hmm. to an interview. Um Eli Roth interviewed him recently on his podcast and uh he mm-hmm. mentioned a movie that I didn't really like when I first saw it. Um mm-hmm. But Quentin gave it all this praise, and he says, you know, you guys got to check out the director's cut, and blah, 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 blah. It was um, Brian Yuzna's Return of the Living Dead 3.
2: Oh, okay. So he's
0: he's talking about it, right? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, dude, like, I usually, when Quentin Tarantino recommends a film, I check it out. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I've seen that movie. That movie was, it was not great. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he's talking about, it he's like, there's a director's cut. And if you really watch the director's cut, it feels like the script was meant to be uh, the sequel to the re- re- reanimator as opposed to rather reanimator. Right. And yeah, I'm, and right. I'm okay. like, I'm like, what the hell? So I'm like, all right. So I ordered it. It came in. It was a director's cut. That mm-hmm. movie is so freaking good, dude. No shit. I highly recommend it, especially if you're into um, any of Brian's work, you're into a, a Herbert West reanimator, that kind of stuff. Yep. It's yep. so society. Freaking... Yeah, society. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about that earlier. We were. We were... So
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh, Brian Yusa. Like, okay. okay that dude is, uh, I like to call him like the mad, you know, the wild card of uh, of horror, especially yeah. back in the, the 80s style, you know? Because... They were he was insane. Like him and uh and uh oh my god, I'm pretty I'm blanking out on his name. The the guy who directed uh uh Reanimator Stuart Gordon too. Stuart Gordon, thank yeah. you. Yeah, they were amazing. Like, oh yeah. Just balls to the wall, like let's just go nuts, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I, I wish Brian would would uh would put out some more work. I know he hasn't uh put anything out in a while, but now that we lost yeah, but- uh,
1: yeah, there's there's optimism for him though. I know that he was recently him and and um and the guy who played Herbert West, uh, they were recently on Shutter last year for um uh, with Joe Bob with Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, really? Yes, they were on there. They were doing a review of Reanimator, I think. Was no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was Bride of the Reanimator. Okay. That one and something else that I can't remember right now. But they were doing it. And they did mention that they have both been talking about doing the reanimator movie and Brian, you directing it because oh my God. he hasn't really done much, but he's the only other guy besides Stuart Gordon that would definitely be trustworthy to touch yeah. that property. Cause you know, it's they They basically worked on it together. Yeah. 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 So oh, it would man, be, amazing be amazing to see that.
0: Yeah. The freaking Jeffrey Combs, like he's one of the, the, yeah. the few artists that I still want to meet. And I haven't had a chance to, um, like he his his just portrayal in, in like, for example, um, um Necronomicon and Uh-huh
1: um, From Beyond uh, Yup, From Beyond that was a good one. Yeah, a, just a very uh, big fan favorite. Yeah. Um Frightener. Castle Freak. Castle
0: Freak, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. he's another exactly. one of these uh actors that just they're phenomenal, but they just didn't get the right. I feel they don't get the right ignition that they deserve. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly. He's uh, he's considered kind of like Barbara Crampton, the the B horror. uh yeah. You know, uh, like uh, the B horror icons now. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, but you're right.
1: You're right. Absolutely. I would love to meet him. I I heard he doesn't really go to a lot of cons, and not for any reason. It's just that. I think he just like wants to chill, you know, because yeah. he's just been doing it for so long, but but I I know that usually when they say that, they get around to it again like uh fairly recently. And plus with with everything going on, I doubt that we're going to be seeing a lot of uh anybody for a while.
0: Yeah, sadly. Um mm-hmm. that's been my whole thing right now with uh, Robert England. Um mm-hmm. I still have a few things I need to get signed and he's just he's not doing conventions and I don't blame him. I really don't yeah, blame not him. Not at all um i know jeffrey combs was supposed to be in sacramento i think last year Mm -hmm. and ultimately either he ended up canceling i don't remember what happened but Mm -hmm. um he ended up not not going so i i decided not to go to that convention but um Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be a while before we start seeing like the talent really start coming out to the horror cons again
1: Yeah, it's it's a shame. But to be honest with you, a lot of them, like especially the icons that we love from like the 80s and even the 90s, you know, they're on the they're on the older side. So I'd feel a lot better if they just waited, too, because um, God forbid something happens, you know, like they get sick and unfortunately, like, you know, a lot of them their immune systems aren't very strong or they have something that, you know, that has already gotten them sick before so it can affect them in a deadly way, I really would hate to lose somebody. Like, uh, for instance, I would love to meet, uh, I shit, I'm blanking on names today, but, um, the guy who played Jason in part four, Ted white, Ted white. He played Jason in part four. He's 80 something 88. I want to say still goes to conventions and shit. Obviously now he hasn't gone in a while. I would love to meet him, but God forbid, dude, that he gets sick and passes yeah. on us because he went to a convention. Oh man, no, yeah. uh, that, that'd be too much. Yeah,
0: that would yeah, be. That so would be I'd rather.
1: Me. Yeah, I'd rather just wait.
0: You know what? He's ninety-six. Oh shit! So he's way older than I thought. Yeah,
1: I I just looked it yeah. up right
0: now. He's he's ninety-six yeah. years old. Oh my god.
1: Okay, I guess that does make more sense, because I I had heard there's a rumor that he did play the Gill Man from The Creature from the Black Lagoon, the the original from 1950. Really? Yes, he's not officially listed, but there is a rumor, because he's been a stuntman for years, and he did stunt on uh, starting through the 50s and on. Yeah. He, um... Yeah, they, uh, I forget who had talked about it. Somebody interviewed him. I think it was the, uh, the angry video game nerd. Yeah. Uh, he had interviewed him at one point and he did say that he was like, Yeah, I actually stunted as the guy who was underwater swimming with, um, uh, with the oh, main girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, He said that was him. Yeah. Because, uh, you, you had to hold your breath and you're in a fucking suit. Right. And it's heavy as shit when you're underwater. And on top of that, you know, you, you got to pray to God that you can come up for air when you need to, but you got to hold it, you know? Damn. That's oh, crazy, dude. That's a legend, bro. That's a legend. I hell didn't know that. That's crazy. I know. I know, bro. That's what I'm saying. It's like, sometimes they don't even talk about it. Yeah. And I think it's, I want to say that they forget or they just fucking think like it's one of those things where oh, it's just not that big of a deal. It's like, no, bro. Do you know like that picture <laughs> from Black Lagoon means a lot to a lot of people.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: No? That's my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite Universal monster. Yeah, right? my uh, yeah. Everybody has their favorite. I'm yeah. sure you do, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. who's yours? The who's
0: yours? Frankenstein's monster.
1: Okay, so that's the same as my dad. My dad uh, loved the Frankenstein monster. My grandpa loved uh, Dracula. the Lugosi's Dracula. Nice. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Right. My my fiance loves the wolf. And that's also her favorite movie. (laughs) Mine has always been The Creature from the Black Lagoon. I love that movie. I love that character. That's phenomenal. That's why. Right? Phenomenal. And then that's why I adore Monster Squad. Yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which is a criminally underrated movie. Yes, it is. Yes. By it the is. way, yes. And we absolutely have to do a show on that one time too. I know oh, yeah. we have a lot planned, but <laughs> yeah. that one is yeah, I know, I know, but we just have to because it is criminally underrated. It is such a great movie. It's so much fun. And the creature from the Black Lagoon's design, it has never been more amazingly beautiful and scary than in that movie. Man. Yeah. Was that was that a Stan Winston design? that was actually it was, it was right it design yeah it was stan winston and uh uh todd woodrow uh like that that stuntman who's like in basically every horror movie you've ever seen Yeah. that was them. they worked on that and it looked amazing
0: yeah it did it really did yeah
1: yeah, yeah it really <laughs> did I, yeah the only thing i would say they dropped the ball on was the wolfman in that one cuz uh, i will admit that one did not look as good as
0: it <laughs> especially <what> we <laughs> got used to at that point
1: Oh yeah, I mean at that point, The Howling and uh, and American Werewolf in London had already come out, so uh, yeah, was, you know they could have done it a lot better. Oh, I mean even uh, even Silver Bullet had already come out at that oh, point. Oh, that's so, right. It, yeah, another another very criminally underrated uh, movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. Very
1: um,
0: <laughs> speaking of, um, so did you you hear they're making a remake of us of uh, Salem's Lot, right?
1: Yes, I'm very excited for that, man. I know that uh, it's one of those, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, the original was from the 70s, and it was a miniseries, yes. not, a, not a film. So kind of like the way they played it with uh, the original It from 1990. Mm-hmm. So I dabbled with the miniseries. I saw you know the highlights and the, the points of it, but to be honest with you, it is kind of a hard sit-through that that's just me personally. It was a little bit hard to sit through it because right. it's about three hours. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the original Mary series. So it was about three hours. So it was a little hard to sit through, but it was really cool. And it's one of those stories that you could say, yeah, it, it really did need a remake. So I'm very excited.
0: Me too. Me too. Especially they, yeah. they just announced, uh, they just announced who they cast as, uh, the count.
1: Oh okay. Uh, 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 who's that again?
0: Uh William Sadler.
1: Oh okay. From De- yeah, from, yeah, yeah from Demon Knight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, Damn, dude, yeah, that's a good casting. I I like that. Me too. Me too. He he, he
0: has sure. I'll, I can't remember the last time I saw him in a horror movie to be honest.
1: Oh uh, shit, I'm trying to think back too. Honestly, I'm looking it up as we're talking. I Wow. He's been so much though, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. He played the death in Villain Ted. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's where I remember seeing him the most. Okay. Yeah. But, um, no, he's, he's great. And, uh, he was also in the mist in the 2007's the mist. That was yeah. another one that he played. In. Yeah. He was really yeah. good in the mist. Yeah. He played the, uh, the really frightened, uh, 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 farmer. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. And I, I remember uh, thinking, yeah, this guy is spooky because he is kind of acting like what I would imagine a person would act like. If, in you that know, they situation. Were going something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like in those situations, you know, that which is funny cause actually um, there's a line in that movie till this day. Uh-huh. It's still kind of like it resonates and it really kind of chills me a little. Yeah. And it's that, um, you know, we when the when there's um oh shit hold on I'm trying to think about it, okay, so when uh the power's on, when yeah, and you can call nine one one and when everything works, everybody's cool, but as soon as you turn all those things off, there's no more rules, oh yeah, and yeah, and that chilled me like to this day, I'm like, wow, like honestly, that resonates a lot because you do see that in a lot of uh horror movies or horror shows and like the walking dead. And you're like, yeah, like people will fucking devolve into the strong survive as oh, yeah. soon as you have no more anything, you
0: know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And we sadly, yeah. we've gotten uh, a little taste of that in the world these past couple of years, just seeing things mm-hmm. devolve into almost uh, primitive like behavior, just with things that have happened, mm-hmm. you know, around the world.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're right. You're right. That is exactly how it is. Because, um, you know, when when you can beat out somebody, when you have the strength to actually beat someone physically and take something, like, for instance, when uh, when this virus all started and then yeah. people were just uh, trying to steal as much as they could, you know, or take as much as they could. Yeah. You know, the the ones that suffer are the ones that didn't have a chance, like the elderly, you know, like they didn't they couldn't beat you back. So, right. Yeah yeah it's it devolves we we devolve into our baser form so it's scary but you know it's one of those things that i think everyone should just be aware of that that's the reason why horror movies are important like we've been yeah. saying for for the past few episodes we've been talking about that that horror movies are important because you do see a lot of things that maybe you won't see it in real life yet but yeah. there's a chance that it could happen and it's good to be prepared you know
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, we're going to segue into our long awaited review. Uh, This film series has been impactful on so many levels, uh, not just through the horror genre, but uh, cinema as a whole. Uh, Mm -hmm. It essentially made meta cool. Uh, of course, yep. we're talking about the Scream series specifically. Right now we're talking about Scream 5. So if you folks have not watched it yet, uh, be warned, it is spoiler heavy. We're going to be talking about the film. Um, so if you haven't seen it, I would suggest coming back after you watch it. All right. So let's get Oscar. into it. Oscar.
1: Let's do it. Yes.
0: So Scream. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> I am so happy that you had that reaction <laughs> I, I know we had spoken previously and you had your uh, you had some biases about the, the screen franchise as a whole yeah so I was glad when this one was coming out I, I know that you weren't super super excited but I'm really happy that you enjoyed it no it was phenomenal man like
0: uh, my my biased was and I know we spoke about it before and most people who know mm-hmm. me know about the hatred I had for the series and it wasn't the films themselves um, mm-hmm. it was definitely the after effects of that Scream 1 and 2 had on um, the horror genre but we'll get more into that a little bit later mm-hmm. um, definitely I recently rewatched all four of the original films kind of got
2: mm-hmm.
0: reacquainted with these characters and
2: mm-hmm.
0: seeing five it just, my God, it's so good. It's right? so right. good, man. Like having all the, the legacy what? characters come back.
1: Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, what, uh, what would you say is like one of those scenes or one of those parts that was just like your favorite from this movie?
0: Oh, my God. Honestly, um, mm-hmm. the, 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 the initial kill was so good. The first kill okay. or, well not necessarily the first yeah. kill the first attack because yeah. you know uh, uh, I, I'm gonna say her name wrong I think it's Jenna Ortega she doesn't die in the, in the in her initial attack, but it's right. so reminiscent of when Drew Barrymore gets killed in the first one brutal and it's like you're expecting she's gonna get taken out just like Drew did, but you know she mm-hmm. makes it through um but honestly. As heartbreaking as it was, I think my favorite scene in the film, because it had so much weight to it, was, again, spoilers, folks, was when Dewey oh. meets his demise.
1: Oh, man, bro, Dewey. I I did not. Well, okay, so I guess I can say I didn't see it coming because... Um... Uh, again, this is Scream Five, so at this point we've been with these characters for so long, yeah. And uh, you kind of expected for this one to have some resonance, yeah. Um, that that somebody from the main cast, the the top three, the old school ones, somebody had to die, yeah. Um, I know that the favorite pick was definitely Dewey, and I, I think the reason being was because Dewey was always kind of fated to die. Uh, with interviews from uh, Wes Craven for the original uh, right. Scream, right? He died in that one. Really? Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he did. Um, you, you can watch the uh, the Scream Inside Look or uh, or any any interviews really that he had about Scream. He did he did film that uh, when when he was stabbed and when Dewey fell and he was bloodied up. Excuse me, in the original, uh-huh. he, he was gone, like he was dead. And uh, oh, it was like at the last minute, literally like the last shot of the movie, he said. I'd be a fucking idiot to not show that he was alive because this is like such a cute character and yes. people kind of are going to resonate with him so much. Cause he's so, he's so likable. Yeah. So he did film that last scene where you see the Dewey's being taken away in the ambulance and he's alive and awake, you know? So yeah, it was, um, it was a little sad. It was, well, not a little, it was really sad to see him go, but I think that, in order for us to see that this is the real deal shit, like this is really going down, yeah. unlike uh, the other ones, you needed to to have him go. And, yeah, I agree with you. That was kind of like that iconic scene. And I think that they really pay tribute to him too because mm-hmm. uh, I know that uh, the the ghost face in that scene was uh, kind of tipping her, or her. Yeah, again, spoiler alert. <laughs> she was a girl in this one. I, and I, I think uh, her name was uh, Amber. Yeah, Yeah, it was Amber. So, yeah, Amber Freeman, she was the ghost face in that scene. And she kind of nodded not only to the fans, but also to Dewey by saying it's an honor as she's killing him. Because she knows, like, that this character is iconic. And you don't just kill him without tipping your hat to him and and acknowledging what an honor it is to be the ghost face that killed Dewey Riley. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, I agree with you.
0: Bro. It, it's it's crazy because, like you said, we've we've been with these characters since 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming half of the fans are newer fans that came on on board later. Um, and mm-hmm. in every film, damn near, we we get a scene where it looks like Dewey's going to meet his demise. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we get it into when he's in the. um in the, uh, the recording studio and Gail's watching him get freaking torn apart by Ghostface, And we're like, Oh fuck. They finally yeah. got Dewey. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. last shot, bam, there he is being hauled away by the ambulance. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah. like with me, um, I kind of like, I had hoped that, and this is not hating on Courtney in any way, but I was hoping that mm-hmm. Gail was going to be the one to meet her demise in the series. Um, mm, okay. But I don't think it would have been as impactful or as important of a death as with Dewey. Um, mm, I agree. Like, it wouldn't have carried the weight that it did, at least for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with you, there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like uh, with with uh, Gail, there's always been kind of a love-hate relationship. She's kind of a bitch, kind of out for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, she'll she'll do the right thing but she's always mm-hmm. out to look out for number one.
2: Absolutely. Uh, as opposed Absolutely.
0: to Dewey. Um, I don't know if you picked up on this, but even his stance and his, um, his uh, theme song is that of a lone gunslinger.
1: Yeah. Right. That. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Like a three chord. right? Yeah, yeah. dude. And it's just like,
0: yeah. he's, he's that dude. Like he's, he's jet, like, what did I, what did we call him the other day? He's, um, you know, they have chaotic good, neutral good. He's, uh, what's the other one? Mm.
1: He's the all the way good uh, one out of the, out of the group. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was like through and through like that, uh, that everyday good character. Yeah. Whereas like everybody else, even Sydney. You know, they've all had that kind of gray area. Yeah. Uh, Dewey's never had that. Like no. in any of the five movies, now he's never been. Well, maybe in this one, a little more. You could tell that he was uh, in a darker place than he's ever been. Yeah. You know, he was definitely very but grizzled in this one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and you're right. He. Um, you know, I, I I I like that you mentioned that uh, that tone of his his uh, his theme song because. Mm. If you think about it, this movie kind of cleared the way of every one of those like really uh, uh, homey kind of like presence, you know, like Dewey and uh, and Sheriff uh, Judy, who was yeah. Deputy Judy in, in part four. Right. Yeah. So those were the two characters that as you see them, you kind of feel comfortable. It reminds right. you of like small town, like they're happy go lucky. They're good people. They deserve to live, you know, and shit right. like that. And the unfortunate part is that both of them died. Yeah. And and that kind of, like, seals the deal for Woodsboro that this is no longer that town. That town, yeah. Exactly. This is no longer Woodsboro from 1996 in the original Scream. It's not even Woodsboro from 2012 when when Scream 4 came out. I think it was 2012, I believe. Yeah, where it's still... Like that small town, that happy town. Like now, things are gone. Like things are darker. Kind of, it, it's kind of representative of uh, of horror nowadays, which um we're gonna get into uh, uh, later as well. But it is representative of what horror is now. There is no more happy type of styles of little towns and shit like that. You know, now it's dark because the yeah. world is dark. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and those those characters that were like comfort to us, they're kind of like gone now like they're they're dead. Yeah. You know? And and I think that that was another reason why they got rid of them is because those were the two most optimistic characters, especially Dewey. And you know, it's just it it's impactful to see that those last gunslingers are gone and we're never gonna see those types again. Yeah. You know, but I completely agree with you with Gail. That I had my my uh my suspicions that it was gonna be Dewey but I was hoping for Gail as well. The only reason I really did is because Besides the fact she's a little unlikable, I mean, like you mentioned, she has her times where she is likable and she's not. But for me, it was also, I feel like she's kind of stagnant at this point. Like her, I don't really see where her character can go anymore because it's always, I'm after the next story. I'm after the next story. I'm with Dewey. I'm not with Dewey, you know? And now officially she's not with Dewey. And uh, she moved on, but... I don't really see where her character is really going anymore now that she doesn't have Dewey and now that she really doesn't have that. Should I, you know, be with him or give up my career or, you know, do something like that type of thing. Right now. I just feel like every time if they make a scream six, which I'm pretty sure they will, it, she's just going to come back because she's got to come back.
0: Yeah. They, they kind of, I kind of do feel like they wrote themselves into a corner with, with Gail's character. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, where, where does she go from here?
1: Right. You know, yeah. um, I don't, uh, I don't know what, what to do with Gail at this point. I wouldn't really wouldn't know what to write in because, uh, at this point you can kill her, you know, but it's not gonna, it, it's going to seem kind of like a uh, cash grab type of thing. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh, okay. Well, Dewey died in the last one. So this one, Gail has to die, right. you know, and then maybe in like number eight or something, they're going to kill Sydney, you know, or something like that. Yeah. But. You know, um, I think that Sydney should not die. But Gail, I feel like, yeah, she probably could have because, yeah, I just don't really see what else you can do with Gail. She's kind of reached her end. She's just a reporter now, and she's accepted that. And now I have no idea why she would ever come back to deal with another ghost face situation. There's no reason for her to be Seriously, involved. Seriously,
0: there really wasn't. <laughs> None, I mean, no, there's not. Yeah, aside from Dewey and, and Sydney, which at that point she didn't even know that Sydney was back in town. Um, yeah, I mean, I know she was chasing the story because when, um, when the sheriff got killed, she was there with her crew.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know, it feels like. I don't know how do I how do I explain it? It feels like her character, like you said, she's stagnant. But it's like there's no evolution in, like the the last four films had no effect on her. Yes, you know she went through yeah. all this, and uh, every film with these characters, but still she's that chick, that reporter mm-hmm. chick that's just about her career. Um, yeah, and it's just I don't know, I don't know. Yeah,
1: no, yeah. no, I know what you're saying though, like. um, I see that too. Cause I'm like, uh, with Gail, it's like, uh, it's admirable to see somebody who's so passionate about their career that they're willing to do anything to do what it is that they do. Cause she obviously did well. And kind of like Courtney Cox, you know, it's, it's like, um, she's this icon,
0: Absolutely, this point, you know, and
1: yeah. yeah, in the screen universe and in the stab universe, she's this icon of, the films and in the in their universe she's this icon too so that's cool you know that that she's like so admirable about that but at the same time it's kind of like by the time you get to screen three you're like okay i'm over this relationship you know drama yeah because it's like okay screen two they're not together they said they gave it a try but she really couldn't wait in whisper Right by screen three, they said they really gave it a shot this time, they were together for a while, but she had to go and she just couldn't handle it. Okay, right then and there, I would have been like, Okay, this is the last time we're gonna do that. By screen four, they're married, and you can tell this isn't for her, right? And even then, maybe I wasn't like really caring because again, Gail has always been kind of like whatever for me, yeah, it's really in part one and two that I've liked her a lot, but by part four, I was like, Okay, just just kill her, Like it's time. You know, Gail's got to go. She officially does not belong here in Woodsboro. So she's not going to stay with Dewey. And I already kind of expected that, to be honest. True. I did, too. I did, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay, so cool. So I'm not the only one. You know, like, anybody who's seen the series can kind of already feel... This is a very forced relationship between them because they obviously care about each other, but they're just not meant to be. Yeah, they're completely different people.
0: Yeah, it it would have seemed out of character for for Gail to give up what she's been, you know, working towards for so long and just stay in Woodsboro with with Dewey, you know, being the sheriff. Like it just it didn't if they would have gone that route, it wouldn't have made sense to me.
1: Yes, I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah, she's, just, just no she's not reason. that
0: woman. She's not that woman that would yeah. do that.
1: Um, exactly.
0: And I feel like now, like, yes, like you mentioned earlier, there's definitely going to be a six. I mean, this movie's
1: killing at the box office. It's yeah, killing. Yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm happy. I am really am impressed and happy because, uh, you know, as a cinephile, that January is not the time where people go to the movie theaters. Yes. I mean, that's a death sentence, especially yeah. for horror movies. January? You know, January and uh, January
0: through what yeah. March was always considered dumping grounds for the studios.
1: Exactly. Uh, exactly. It, more, more than anything for the horror genre. Those are the dumping grounds. Yeah. Those are the ones that are like, nobody's going to see this. But this one has really impressed people. It's got great reviews. It's yeah. doing great in the box office. I'm really happy. I really can't say that enough because, uh, like I said, I'm a huge, huge Loving fan of the slasher genre, which I feel like is criminally underrated now because we just don't get enough of them, right? And and uh, you know, obviously, Scream came after the big slasher craze, and you know, like like you said, we're going to talk more about that later. But it's one of those things that is near and dear to my heart, so I'm just so happy that the Scream franchise is keeping it going. Yeah, and I think that more uh, more producers and more people in Hollywood are going to see this and be like, okay. People want to see more slasher characters from those days. Let's let's put out a another Friday the thirteenth movie, but let's yeah. give it the real go. Let's give it somebody who knows what they're doing, someone who loves this type of thing, and really give them that imaginative thing or that Friday the thirteenth movie if yeah. they can ever figure that shit out in court, you know? But <laughs> all those things, you know, we I think that we might have something special on our hands
0: now. No, yeah, absolutely. And I've been I've been seeing like for example, um it, it, the slasher genre is slowly but surely coming back. I mean, you have, mm-hmm. for example, we mentioned earlier, Halloween Kills. We have the new Scream. Um, mm-hmm. We have Art the Clown that's coming back in Terrifier Two. Oh,
1: uh, that's right.
0: It, uh, you know what I mean. And then uh, also, yeah. so, um, it was a rumor that I read. I don't know how true it is, but mm-hmm. Adam Green might be coming back to do another Victor Crowley film. Really? Yeah.
1: I would love that. And would what love what that, I
0: honestly. love about the Hatchet and Victor Crowley films is that even while the genre or the slasher uh, subgenre, excuse me, was not really putting out work, freaking Adam and them guys were still putting out freaking. I mean, we had Hatchet One, Hatchet Two, Hatchet Three, Victor Crowley, and they're freaking just fantastic, mm-hmm. man. Um. Yeah, and and they kind of kept it alive and now the big studios are kind of like you mentioned earlier they're starting to catch notice that people want Mm -hmm. to see more slasher films and hopefully we get some i mean some of these classics Mm -hmm. back
1: yeah you're right man yeah i honestly um i didn't know about a lot of them or i might have forgot about some of them like i forgot about terrifier 2 but um yeah you're right that would be really great and um yeah, Adam Green. I think that that was amazing what he did. That he definitely brought back that classic 80s, 90s slasher fun type of deal that they do, where that's over the top kills and a lot of fun to be had with that character, you know? Because he, he had, I mean, Kane Hodder is in it, you know? And um, <laughs> yeah, he plays Victor Crowley like in every single one. And that's yeah. Jason, for everybody who doesn't know, that's uh, Jason from part seven which is my personal favorite mm-hmm. till, um, Jason X, Jason goes to hell. Ha- oh, Jason X. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So it was till Jason X. He is an iconic Jason. He's yeah. uh, a fan favorite. I would say he's probably the number one fan favorite. Yes, he is. Um, yes, he is. Yeah. And not only that, there's a ton of icons in those movies. There's uh candy man, you know, Tony Todd, you have, um, uh, the dude who played Jason in the new uh, in the remake in the two thousand nine one. Oh, uh, Mears. Uh, I mean, yes, Mears. Derek Mears. Yeah. You have Derek Mears. You have the girl from uh, Stepfather Two, and uh, she was also in the Texas Chainsaw Master yep. Part Two. Daniel yes. I mean, I mean, Harris, man. I- Icons. Yes, Daniel Harris. Thank you. I mean, she's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like in more ways than one. My God. Daniel Harris <laughs> No, but yeah, I'm telling you, it's, um, I'm just so thrilled that this movie is doing well and that people like it and that I think a new generation is getting acquainted to it because, um, I don't know if I ever told you, Uh but my younger sister, she was born in 06. Yeah. That's like, uh, 15 years that I got on her, right? Yeah. Uh, she despises horror movies. She cannot (laughs) sit through them. She's too scared. Right. She refuses to sit through them. So what she does, and what I'm hearing she says that a lot of kids her age do, is that they go on YouTube and they watch Dead Meat. And um, I, I just recently found this out. Dead Meat is apparently a YouTube channel yes. where you get to see the best kills from the movie, you know? <laughs> and they feel more comfortable doing that because it's kind of like that money shot, you know? It's like, right. okay, I saw I saw what it was. I don't have to feel the buildup so it doesn't scare me too much, you know, which right. – It is what it is. You know, I can't speak for, like, the new age and shit, but she adores the Scream franchise, though. Really? She has always, yes. That's the only franchise she'll sit through. She won't sit through Halloween. She won't sit through anything. She will only sit through the Scream franchise. She says that loves it, loves Ghostface. That's her favorite slasher, even though she hasn't seen any other ones. She loves Sydney, and that's good, you know? And she told me. She actually called me, and she was like, hey, um did you hear Scream 5 is coming I'm like yeah yeah she's all like okay you got me right like I want to go I was like yeah absolutely <laughs> so it's special that she loves it she wanted to see it and you know that we're going to continue that on I mean we're talking somebody who was born in 06 bro yeah you know yeah and they're watching the new Scream in 2022 I was born in 92 so I was there when the original Scream came out yeah it's still going. It's still going. And I'm really happy about that.
0: And it's one of the things about the horror community that's so amazing to me because mm-hmm. we're looking at these films and not just not just Scream, but just in general, the horror genre. Like sometimes – like you said recently you're on, on a horror – on an 80s horror kick, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Those
0: movies are 40 years old, 40-something years old, almost 50 years old. And we have <laughs> – I know like these younger generations that are starting to watch them and it's like they're, some of them get it, some of them don't, some of them like, oh, okay, you know, it is it is what it is whether they watch it on Dead Meat or they're actually sitting down to watch the films. But it mm-hmm. it's, it's that sense of community like, oh, I get why, you know, Uncle Richie likes Nightmare on Elm Street or I, I get why Oscar like Scream or this and that and it almost feels like
1: uh, the passing of the torch. Yeah,
0: passing of the torch, yeah. man. Like I agree. Like with my son, for example, we mentioned before, um, in the other episode, like he got started early with the horror genre, and mm-hmm. uh, in the past couple years, like he's met a lot of the big icons. Like he's met John Carpenter. He's had a, oh. a really dope conversation with Robert England um and, yeah like i was sitting there starstruck and my kid just talking to him like he's a regular dude i'm like i mean he is a regular guy but yeah. I, i'm like watching I'm like yeah i'm like do you know who you're talking to right now like you're you're sitting here chilling talking to this this gentleman and it's like it's freddy krueger and like yeah w- when he
1: makes it kid- fucking king of dreams <laughs> yeah, man bro. he like he fought the dream master like this is the the king of nightmares yeah the, the icon of the <laughs> 80s you know i mean it's you don't just talk to this yeah (laughs)
0: dude and it was crazy like just watching it from my perspective knowing who he is and like when he uh he met kane Hodder as well and it's yeah it's one of those things where now he'll look back and he's like we really i really met these people i'm like yeah you did man like you you got to meet and shake hands with john carpenter who can say that not too many people
1: man that's a that's a dream bro
0: john carpenter's amazing dude
1: Yeah, I got to tell you, he's he's an intellectual man. Like you can tell, like the dude, he's an amazing, amazing person and and, uh, like filmmaker. Yeah, and um, yeah, personally, I just you know I can't believe that the movies Mm -hmm. that he made at the time that he was making them, yeah, did not get the recognition at that time, which is why I've heard that he said that he gave up on Hollywood. Sadly, yes. Sadly, yes. Yeah, kind of like a diploma. situation where it's like i don't i don't even understand that you know that doesn't make any sense to me
0: it's it's mind-blowing to me especially like now that we're on the subject of john carpenter that Mm -hmm. like the thing was a flop yeah that's ridiculous like how the fuck does that happen uh, it, it
1: boggles the mind
0: like it, uh, part of it feels like okay maybe people weren't prepared for what this movie was and and, and I get yeah. that but then you get for example um what was it uh escape from uh, escape from New York New York uh-huh Escape from New York is fantastic yeah, York. they it's live an movie. another one mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. how did these movies like the one that really put him on the map was Halloween but yeah. he has so much more in his filmography, that's amazing that like, I don't know, just the studios were not prepared for it or what it was. People just didn't show up.
1: Yeah. And I I think it's that though. I think it's just that they weren't ready for it at the time and they just weren't a, a, um, I think it has a lot to do with the times too. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, I I've heard that the reason why, uh, what was it? The fog. Mm -hmm. which is a real personal favorite of mine. I I actually saw that movie fairly recently. I want to say I saw it two years ago, maybe a year ago, actually. But I saw The Fog, 1980s The Fog, though. Mm -hmm. And that movie was really amazing. I was like, this is a fucking beautiful horror movie. I mean, it's scary. It's kind of old legend type of thing, but it did not do well. And I think the reason why was because – it was during a time where that was not the norm type of horror movies. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that was kind of the age of slashers yeah. and more of uh, the new school type of horror. And that was kind of old school type of horror. That was more 1960s style type of shit. Right. Yeah. Cause that came out and of what? Uh, 1980.
0: 1980. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 1980.
1: exact. Uh huh. And yeah. And, uh, that's what happened was that it, it came out, Because uh, he really wanted to do a movie like that. He thought people would want to see it, which, of course, now we appreciate it and we love it. But at the time, it just wasn't what was popular, which is um, exactly what you were saying about the thing. How that movie could flop is beyond me. But then you think about it and you're like, oh, that movie came out the same time that E.T. came out you know ah, and that, yeah me. and a lot of people are like this is not the alien that we just saw we <laughs> just saw a lovable alien aliens are not like this you know they're not <laughs> killers monsters and shit like that they're good creatures you this know isn't and, adorable and at all yeah exactly this <laughs> is like the most fucking disturbing type of thing you'll ever see but there's a dark imagination to it that's amazing and oh, you're yeah. just like dude yeah, it's a fucking amazing beautiful movie and especially for it to be a remake. Yeah. It did. It's so good now that you don't even know. I bet like most everybody doesn't even know it's a remake. Yeah. Most people don't. That's not. how good it is. You mentioned
0: the the Thing remake, and people think about the one that came out in 2000. It's like, no, the John Carpenter one is a remake.
1: Exactly, exactly, bro, and I love that. I love that. Like, I I love to say that to people who are into it, and they kind of give me this, like, fucking look, like, what? Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, no, dude, seriously. Like, yeah, there's a fucking 1950s movie, you know, of the, of, uh, the Thing. Yeah, and they're like, "No way!" And I'm like, "Yeah," and that's how influential that movie is. That most nobody knows about the 1951 anymore. This yeah. is an actual number one movie. Then you know, yeah, that's true. That, and and that has a lot to say, man. It's
0: it's wild because like, um, I went on a little on a little um, John Carpenter frenzy recently, and uh, I picked up um vampires and escape from la and a couple other ones um my Mm, son yeah my son had never seen uh john carpenter's vampires so Mm, okay um mind you i finally introduced him to from dust till dawn don't tell his mom Mm -hmm. uh a little (laughs) bit ago and he freaking loved it i didn't tell him that it was a vampire film uh he Mm -hmm. thought we were watching just a regular quentin tarantino film about a you Know the, 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 the gecko brothers, and then when that whole uh-huh. switch happens with the vampires, he lost his mind. He loved it, so yep. I told him, you know, have a seat, we're gonna watch this this movie. I threw on vampires, and at first, he wasn't really feeling it until you see the mm-hmm. uh, what's his name, uh, James Woods and uh, the rest of the vampire slayers fucking start kicking ass, right?
2: Fuckers,
0: yeah, and uh, he's watching it, and mind you, that was another movie that flopped because they came if I'm not mistaken, it came out right around the time that when blade was just taking over
1: everything. Yes. Yeah, you're right. That's right. Uh, it did come out during that time.
0: Cause I remember seeing, uh, blade and then right after seeing, um, John Carpenter's vampires in theaters and that theater was fucking empty. Yeah. <laughs> like most of the people that were in there were like yeah. grown older men that loved Carpenter's work from back in the day.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. So
0: uh-huh. uh, we're sitting here watching it and I had the feeling he wasn't going to like it. The movie finally mm-hmm. ended and he's like, that movie was fantastic. Awesome. He's like, I'm so I- happy to hear that. Yeah. And even now he'll mention it, he'll talk about it. He was like, what was the movie mm-hmm. again with, you know, the priest and the guy and the wrinkly faced guy. Yeah. I'm like James Woods. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's John Carpenter's vampires. And if he right. really dug it and it, it, I thought it was cool because I remember not too many people my age when it came out, liked it or even bothered to watch mm-hmm. it. Um, that's true. and now like all these, you know, a couple generations later, my son's fucking digging mm-hmm. this movie. And I'm like, yeah. dude, like there's so much within a uh, Carpenter's filmography for you to explore.
1: Uh, oh, absolutely.
0: And no two films are alike.
1: No, not at all. That, that's the fantastic thing about them is that, you know, normally when you get a director, he kind of dabbles in his genre like that's his you know and you would think that john carpenter belongs in horror but that's not true at all i mean assault on precinct 13 halloween the fog escape from new york the thing christine big trouble in little china they live those are fucking amazing movies none of them are like the same none of them you you cannot pick out any of those and be like these are anywhere near the same yeah one is a action type of thriller Another one is a horror movie, a slasher. Yeah. Another one is a horror movie. That's about like ghosts and shit. There's a fucking escape sci-fi type of action movie. There's a horror alien body horror type of movie. I mean, dude, it, it's like, this guy's the man.
0: I mean, he made an Elvis movie for Christ's sakes. Oh, that's right. He did with, uh, Kurt, with Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. I think it was in 79
1: yeah yeah that's right uh-huh that was um it was a tv movie actually yeah. on abc yeah yeah you're right Mm-hmm. No, it's, so, it,
0: it, oh go ahead sorry
1: no no i'm sorry yeah, yeah I, I wasn't gonna say anything
0: no like
1: it
0: it's a trip because now you know he's he's in his twilight years he's doing his thing and mm-hmm. he i don't know if you listen to his music yes so he's got he's got the three albums that he just put out um if you guys are into synthwave or dark wave, please check out John yeah. Carpenter's albums. They're fucking amazing. Mm. Uh, for amazing. those of you who don't know, he's literally the granddad of synthwave. Yeah, uh, a lot yeah. of a lot of the cues that these synthwave artists take are from Carpenter's old movies. Um, oh
1: man, they're so good. They are. Yeah. Um, That's like uh, th- Those are like beautiful pieces of music. Like, I can't believe somebody can be that talented. Dude, you know? and. You know,
0: like uh what was it a couple years ago? Um mm-hmm. two buddies of mine, my buddy John and my buddy Joey, we went mm-hmm. to see John Carpenter live. Really? Um, let me tell you, probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Shut up, dude. Where was that? It was uh so I went to see him twice. The first time was in downtown Oakland, I think at the Fox Theater.
1: Cool. Okay, um,
0: and they had a really big uh like a really big stage, right? Um mm-hmm. and then the second time was uh in Santa Cruz and it was like a some more intimate um little um a like club, right? right? So basically you're sitting there, John comes out, he's got his he's got his um his keyboard, his son is on stage. They got the mm-hmm. synthesizer and there's all these huge fucking screens. And as he's playing oh. his tracks from his iconic films, not from the, uh, the three albums that just came out, um, mm-hmm. there's all these scenes from his movies projected all around you. Damn. Dude, it was epic. And mind you, John Carpenter, he, he's up there in age, right? Yeah, right. But he was rocking the house, dude.
1: Oh, dude, I would have killed to see that. <laughs> Honestly, I really hope that he does that again because I would love to go to see one of those concerts. He is one of those icons that not only do I want to meet him, but I, I do want to see him actually play his music because one of my personal favorites is actually kind of a low-key one of his, uh-huh. and it's um Halloween 3, the, yes! uh, the soundtrack that he did for that one. That's an amazing score. Yes, now. it is. Yes, yeah, it is, I love that. Criminally underrated, though.
0: The soundtrack and the film.
1: (laughs) Yes, I agree to both. And again, another one we absolutely have to talk about at one point. I know we got a list now. (laughs) But but, um, uh, yeah, actually, segueing from that, though. um, So the Scream franchise actually owes a lot to uh, John Carpenter and Halloween. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, because if you think about it, that That is kind of like their one of their number one uh influences, yeah. uh, was talking about uh slashers and in this case with uh with screen five or screen twenty twenty two which is in itself the title is kind of like a nod to what movies and horror movies in the genres are doing now, right you know. Yeah, which which is funny because that was actually one of my favorite scenes from this movie too. So, um there's the scene where the main cast all get together in the living room where and uh, where they're tributing um Randy. Jamie Kennedy. Uh Randy Randy that, meets yeah, Randy. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. And that's actually Randy's sister's house and his um niece nephew and nephew and niece, yeah. Who are twins. Yeah, that was cute. That was really cute. Uh, I honestly did not know that they were going to be related to him that there was going to be any tribute for him. I, I had heard rumors that maybe he was going to be in it, and I thought, was there another lost VHS, like in part three, that he <laughs> right. left behind? I'm like, but but how would he even know where horror was going to go from there? Right. Right. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that would have been kind of weird. But no, I'm glad they did it that way. And in that scene, one of my favorite things was that they're talking about the trajectory of where horror is going now, which is that, Nowadays, it's not a remakes because that's what Scream 4 was. Right. Scream 4 came out during a time in the in the uh, 2000s, late 2000s, where it was all about remaking a classic movie that came out in the 70s or in the 80s, right? Right. And uh, now it's not about remaking because fans don't want to see that and it's not about starting over. It's a requel. Yeah. You know? And most of the time they renamed the movie the same title as the original. Yeah. You know, for instance, with Halloween 2018, right. Yeah. Same as Halloween and now scream. And I'm sure there was another one, but you know, I just, I'm not the top of my head. That's the only one I think about. So yeah, that's like amazing. Dude. All the black amazing Christmases. That they actually... Thank you. Black Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Those are those things that I love that they actually took the time to do it again. Cause, um, That that was really cool that they pointed that out in that scene where they're talking about yeah you know so now it's a requel. so they're kind of not starting over they're more like more along the lines like starting with number one still and then starting all over from there on yeah so it's a whole new series of movies yeah
0: and what I Uh, really uh, oh go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. <laughs> so we've been talking <laughs> to each other quite a bit. Uh, no, what I was gonna say is I really appreciate that the they're noticing that that you can't just restart everything and do away with all all the the legacy behind these films. Had they rebooted exactly. Halloween like what they did with with um, Rob Zombie, and no disrespect mm-hmm. to his films, um, mm-hmm. it, it just there's so much more to explore with the original uh, timeline. And with them doing right. that with, with, uh, with Scream, I thought was fantastic. You know, there's not necessarily yeah. a, um, excuse me, a reboot. Um, mm-hmm. They're just, like, what did you call it? A requel? A oh, recall yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's you know mm-hmm. you're you're adding more characters to the original timeline. What I really enjoyed yep. with with the twins was that because mm-hmm. uh, from the original films, Randy was my favorite character because obviously <laughs> I see myself in Randy whenever yeah. <laughs> whenever he was on screen, like like he's the dude. Um, so right. when when he gets killed in the second film, I remember that having an impact on me because I was like fuck like I really like that character and Jamie Kennedy right. played it so well. And we really mm-hmm. didn't have a Randy like character throughout the rest of the films mm-hmm. up until the twins came into into the mm-hmm. fifth. Mm-hmm. So I kinda like if we they are going to continue the series moving forward that the twins since we did see that the the brother did survive Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets pulled both into both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Both they, they, both survived. they both survive. So Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. especially the, the, um, I don't remember the, the, the female twins, um, her commentary is just epic. I loved it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was fucking hilarious. She was. And, uh, I loved that she was Randy. Yeah. Like a female Randy. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. She was the movie geek. Whereas, uh, Chad, who was the, the brother, right. He wasn't, really into it like he liked them but he didn't really care you know yeah right I, I think he kind of saw it in the macabre way you know it's kind of like why would we watch movies like this when you know our uncle got fucking killed <laughs> like this you know it's like it, I get it you know like I get it but at the same time I'm kind of like her too where I'm like oh yeah but I mean the movies didn't fucking do it you know like <laughs> just some asshole did right <laughs> yeah and it's um actually um so there's actually a correction here, so. Something that I'm sure nobody knew, and even I didn't know until I read it. Mm. Uh, Scream 4, Hayden Panettiere's character, Kirby, right? Yeah. She was, uh, she was a character like Randy. She was really cool. She was the horror geek. Yeah. Um, she was a huge, huge part of Scream 4 that a lot of people loved, you know, and then I know that I was very disappointed when she got stabbed. Right. And, um, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Turns out, if you watch Screen Five, the new one, yeah, there's a video. There's a scene where a character—I don't know which character—is watching it though. Is watching uh, Dead Meat, and apparently, when they're watching it, there's also a thumbnail right next to that video, and it's for Screen Eight, and it features Kirby. She oh. and it's titled Woodsboro Survivor. Oh crap! Yeah, so she lived. I know. I know, bro. I know. It's one of those eagle eye type of things. But, uh, yeah, it, if you look it up, it's actually in canon now. You can look it up on the Scream, uh, the Scream wiki or the Scream uh, fan page and whatever. Yeah. And it does say that currently uh, she is alive. Oh, that's and awesome. That she's. I know, bro. And I was so happy. And the reason why I'm even happier is because they're mentioning that there's a chance that she's going to show up in Screen six which i'm i'm almost positive they're gonna make it right yeah, yeah. so when it wins Screen six yes of course so now it's not a matter of if it's a more of a matter of when yeah but when Screen six does come out that means that she can meet up and meet the twin the girl yeah right and they could be like a combination of the randy's you know and and we'll <laughs> see what the the new type of horror type of thing is at that point, you know, and they can really do something special there too with those two characters really like kind of analyzing horror and knowing all the tropes and shit. And especially being through uh, what they've been through as survivors, hopefully them two can kind of like help Sydney in the next one. Yeah. because like we mentioned before at this point, I don't see Gail as kind of in the picture. Like I, I, she was never really the one that I, I thought would, solve the crimes or anything
0: yeah true yeah yeah. that was
1: very 90s anyways you know which i i love that but it's still it kind of remained in the 90s it was one of those things where it's like i'm gonna try to solve the crime using like detective uh work or uh you know newscaster type of work you know very scooby-doo shit (laughs) and um yeah (laughs) and now she's alone i don't think it'll work unless she calls upon kirby and the twin to help you know, and, yeah. and Sydney has to kind of face this while they're trying to solve it. I guess that could work. You know, that I could see her being involved like that, but yeah, I think that really it would be kind of cool if the twin and Kirby got together with Sydney and like started to figure out what's going on, because now kinda of like we spoke with the requel, it's almost as if Sam, who's the, the main girl in this new film, she's kind of the new Sydney. So, and
0: touching touch on Sam, um, okay. So again, spoiler, we find out mm-hmm. she's,
1: uh, she's, uh, uh, daughter. Bi- Billy's daughter. Yeah. Billy Loomis's daughter, which I did not see that coming. Me neither. Like, what? That's crazy. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think about that?
0: So I thought it was, it was a nice twist. Um, I thought it was a nice twist. It did surprise me that uh, we actually got to see Skeet Ulrich um, quite a bit in the film, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Right. What, what really uh, I found interesting is when she finally, not snaps, but she mm-hmm. kind of embraces her destiny and, or her heritage, however you want to take it, and she yeah. starts stabbing Richie. Mm -hmm. there's a moment there where you're like oh there it is there's that fucking crazy there's that Loomis crazy right there Mm -hmm. and I don't wanna I could see her becoming a villain in the future you think so? I think she might have snapped okay Okay. Um, Mm. even if it was a momentary thing but when she let off on Richie I'm like holy fuck like she's really unleashing on him um, one yeah, can say, you sure. know, he put her through a lot. She's been through a lot, just, you know, knowing that she was, she was, uh, Billy Loomis's kid, but mm-hmm. she went a to town on him. Yeah. She yeah, really, she, she really went a to town on him. And then, you know, at the very end we see her seeing, um, her dad's reflection one last time before, um, the film ends. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I kind of got the feeling that they could be building towards something with her.
1: Maybe. You might have a point. The only thing about that is that I'm not sure if I would like that, though. And I'll tell you why. Uh-huh. It's because um, with Sam, the thing is, though, okay, so we find out that she's Billy Loomis' daughter. Okay, right. that's fair. Billy was a handsome dude. Still is, actually. Steve yeah. Rich is a really handsome dude, right? Yeah. So you could tell he was pretty sexually frustrated in the first one. I mean, you could just say that he was trying to play Sydney because he was doing the whole trope of the Virgin type of thing, you know, right. I, uh, which is what he was doing. But he, you could tell that he was getting some ass on the side because uh, he was not going to wait for Sydney, Right. Nah, yeah. So, <laughs> so here's the thing though, the, from what we find out in the original trilogy, he was not always crazy, you know? You find out in the first one that Billy was a normal dude up until his mother left, left. because his father was cheating on his mother with, um, Sydney's, with mom. Sydney's mom. Yeah. Right. So that was kind of his reason. And then in the second one, his mom comes in, right, and says, OK, I'm going to kill you because you killed my son. Again, not really crazy. I don't really see the crazy gene there yet. It's just mm. revenge. That's essentially what it was. And then in part three, yeah, right? And then in part three, you realize, oh, okay, so even Billy was being coached by uh, Sidney's half-brother, Roman. Right, right. Yeah, because he was the one that showed him the video, and, of course, that got Billy upset. He's a high schooler. Emotions run wild at that age, right? I mean, you wouldn't necessarily think to murder, or you always think that. You're like, man, I just wish I could kill that dude. And then you got somebody who's like, what if I teach you how to do it? Right. without and then without getting caught you know so you can get away with it and that kind of gave him the bug so it was kind of like for me when i saw that i was like are they implying that this dude was always crazy you know and that it passed on the crazy gene to her because that's not necessarily what happened True. you know yeah you gotta so point there. i right yeah thank you man yeah and <laughs> i think that i don't know i don't know like i said i don't know if i would like if she turned bad because it's in her gene to do that right i think it would be interesting to go that way if they could find out how to do it organically but at this point i just don't really quite understand why billy luminous's essence you know of turn it would would like turn her evil because he was i mean truthfully not that evil he was just a kid who was being a fucking ass and he was trained to kill so of course he took advantage of that, you know?
0: Yeah, that that is a good point. I mean, mm-hmm. we do forget or at least, you know, we forget that uh they were teenagers in the first film. Yeah. They might have been in their yeah. late 20s, but they were teenagers yeah. in the first film. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was, that was definitely that '90s style aging, where um, Dawson's Creek style too. Where yeah, I'm I'm like only 16 years old, but I got a deep-ass voice like I'm 22. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, you gotta love that fucking cheese, though, man. I mean, you cannot make that shit up. No, nah,
0: dude, no, no. They, yeah. they they did a hell of a job with this film. Um, oh, they really did. Yeah, it, it's 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 kind of. <sighs> Hold on. Let me pause right here (laughs) because I lost my train of thought. Oh. I lost my train of thought. Um, No worries, bro. What the hell was I going to say? Let me see. Um, No, that – so, like we had mentioned earlier about the film uh, being put out in in January – um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I wonder if that was a, a strategic thing that the studio did. Um, I know in the past, like we'd mentioned, mm-hmm. um, you know, those months out of the year become dumping grounds, but over mm-hmm. the last like decade, um, cause it used to go up until right, right before um, summertime. Yeah. yeah. That, that Those couple months months were, were considered the dumping grounds. It wasn't until mm-hmm. really, the Marvel movies started coming out and becoming blockbusters that were coming out in March, April, so yes, on and so forth. Right. So I'm wondering the yep. studio is purposely trying to see if they can navigate those waters and start dropping amazing fucking films at the beginning of the year. You
1: know, it's funny you mentioned that, bro. Um, uh, that's another thing where, again, maybe I'm thinking too hard about it, but I think the it was also another wink to the whole thing that they were doing, mm-hmm. you know, because, uh, again, the Scream franchise is famously super intelligent for, yeah. like, analyzing horror to the, bare, the barest uh, minimum that they can, right? And if you, if you see the original Scream, what had happened was that that movie came out in December, Yeah. right? The original came out in uh, 96 of December, I think. And uh, it was done because I think that that summer, there was some shit that was already coming out, and they didn't feel confident doing it in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Then October had passed them already, so they dumped it in December because nobody really had faith in this movie except for the cast and Wes Craven. And Wes, Because yeah. he's the master, right? Right. Yes. And then, of course, it surprised the hell out of everybody. It did amazing. It became a history type of uh, landmark horror slasher movie. Now, with this one being a requel, mm-hmm. which is um, what we had stated before, it's kind of like treading uh, the same waters as the original movie, but changing it up in certain way. Kind of like the Star Wars thing, you know, yeah. with Force Awakens and with um, uh, excuse me, with uh, Halloween twenty eighteen. Yeah. So it being that they're so aware, you know, of, of what they're doing with this movie, I think they did that on purpose. I think they dropped it in January. Because that's when the original Scream movie started to gain the motion. Just like the original, and then being that this is a requel, I think they did it with a purpose, man.
0: That makes perfect sense, actually.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. I just think, like, um, sometimes you can kind of tell when they do things, like, where they just toss a movie out and they just tossed it out, you know? Not that they didn't like it or anything, but they just tossed it out because they were, like, oh, we're we're just going to put this movie out for this time. No particular reason, we're just going to do it, right? I think with this movie, you kind of feel there's a lot of love and affection and uh, respect for the the other ones and for the legacy and for Wes. And uh, I think that they might have done that for a reason. And it seems fun, too. Like, there's something fun about this movie that you don't normally get with other type of, movies and genres or uh you know sequels and shit sometimes they just like i said just put it out in whatever date march or whatever for no particular reason with this one i feel like everything they did was carefully analyzed and done for a reason no west would have done this no let's put it out during this time because it'll be like a like a thing to the major fans which there are a lot of oh yeah Yeah, absolutely that's my guess no, it,
0: it, it's, it's, it's crazy because, um, I have many friends that aren't into horror at all, but they're like, like, like with your sister, huge Scream fans, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. that went, oh, out, okay. went out to see it, um, opening weekend and, you know, they were mm-hmm. raving about it and this and that. And it's, um, it's just, it's just awesome, dude. It's awesome to see. It's awesome yeah. to see horror, um, Hitting such high marks right now, and not just with these two films, but um, mm-hmm. the work that A24 is doing, um, which oh, we'll man. definitely have to get into in another episode. But yeah, uh, for sure, A24 is putting out amazing highbrow fucking horror.
1: Um, yeah, oh, yeah, funny you mentioned that because that's actually something that they speak about in this movie, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of the other things that they touched on was that uh horror has become very highbrow
2: now yeah
1: you know they're they're more like uh almost academy award type of style films Absolutely. like uh, and they have a lot more substance yeah you know and it, it's funny because um the bad guys in these movies which um was amber and uh the the main character sam's boyfriend richie yeah so those, those were the two uh the two uh uh excuse me uh Scream killers in this one, the the Ghostface killers. So, this is the, I want to say, fourth movie where they have two killers. Yes. Okay. That's cool. And the other thing was that with this one, um, they're doing that thing where they're kind of like, uh, for instance... Maybe, like, the older fans, like, older than us, I would say. Like, mm. people who actually were born, like, maybe around the 70s, early 70s, and grew up around the 80s, yeah. seeing movies like that and shit, right? And then, you know, um, they grew up loving those type of movies because they were hardcore and they were fun. Nowadays, horror movies, they're great. But they they have a message to them, mm-hmm. you know most of the time they have something to say, and it's actually really important like uh for instance, uh Jenna Ortega's character, Tara, she had said that her favorite movie was the Baba Duke mm-hmm. and uh for the fans listening, the Baba Duke is actually a really intense type of movie to yes, watch because they talk about uh important themes like depression and uh, anxiety and being a parent, a uh, single parent at that, right. you know, and uh, uh, death and loss and acceptance and shit like that. Right. There's a lot of themes in that movie. It's a really good movie to watch. So I definitely recommend you check it out, but it is very highbrow. Yeah. No, and no. I think that right. Yeah. And I think that fans like that grew up watching the movies of the eighties that were more about that hard, fast rock and roll, blood, sex, let's let's get it let's get it on type of style you know they they're pissed watching movies like that because they consider them boring or too too much it's like what happened to horror what happened to the the horror i grew up with so i'm really really impressed that they did that in this movie that they talked about that because that's actually really important you know because that's the next milestone that's the next step in horror is these type of horrors And maybe in another 10 years, there's going to be another step of horror because that's what happened with the screen franchise. That's what's been done, that they're always touching on every milestone of horror genre. Yeah. They're always on it. Yeah. I think that that, that's what they're touching.
0: Yeah. And one of the things too, that um, you mentioned earlier about uh, horror with a message, Um, Mm -hmm. honestly, outside of George Romero, rest in peace, not too yes. much of the horror films uh, from the past had a real message behind them. Um, George's films uh-huh. had a lot of social commentary. Um, oh yeah, he touched upon you know uh, uh, social and economic issues and class yes. and all this Racism. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, racism, and we mm-hmm. didn't get too much of that. So when you mentioned, you know, the older fans, even older than us, I could see that because they're from mm-hmm. that era of the George Romero yeah. films. Of uh, there's mm-hmm. a few other directors; whose uh, names escape me at the moment. Where their films did have something to say, as opposed to as much as I love stuff from the '80s, the mm-hmm. '80s was just. It was the fucking eighties, man. They were they were doing <laughs> it, like it was just it. There didn't really need to be a message. They were just out there, just doing their thing, trying to figure out um, mm-hmm. how to get their their film out there and how to get how to have fun doing it. Um, oh yeah! So, so I, I I really appreciate not just what they're doing with scream, but just the way the genre is continuing to evolve and become mm-hmm. more art house and become more, um, high brow, more, uh, high concept mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, yeah, because
1: absolutely,
0: as we know, yeah. the genre doesn't get the respect that it, that it deserves. It never has. Never. Uh, um, never has. So now with, with companies like a 24 and then, uh, What's Elijah Wood's company? Uh, Spec is it SpectreVision?
1: I think it's SpectreVision. Yeah, Uh, I can look it up though.
0: They're they're putting out amazing horror films that you could see at the Academy Awards actually getting getting some recognition. and it's oh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's definitely a sight to see, you know. Being a a lifetime horror fan, and you know, horror always kind of being in the dumps when it comes to the Academy Awards or getting any kind of recognition. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty dope that it's it's slowly elevating to a point where um, you're not looked down on for directing, starring, or even liking
1: a horror film, as it was in the past. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's come a long way, like you had already said, you know, it really has, because if you look at it, um, you know, uh, like you mentioned, really from, I would say, uh, let me, okay, I'm going to take a swing here. I'm going to say maybe from the 70s on, it never really got the recognition for this amazing type of art form, like other film genres do, right? Uh, the only reason I say that is because even though I'm sure there was a fair amount of critics for um, the classics of the 20s, 30s, 40s, uh, maybe even the 50s, mm. I think that they got a lot more respect. Or maybe it's because it's just such a bygone era now for people of my age. You know, people of our ages right. that it, it, there's no there's no time that we ever remember where those movies were never considered classics. True. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's those uh, eras where it's like maybe at that time they weren't considered classic. Maybe they considered shit like they like the 80s movies were at the time. Right. Yeah. But we don't know that anymore because we grew we were born around the 90s. And, uh, you know, at that point in time, those movies were fucking classics. Yeah. Like you sought those movies out, whereas maybe from the 70s on, I would say it was considered like bad. You know, they were they were getting a little more adventurous, a little more into darker, more grimy type of themes and showing things that you couldn't show before. So a lot of uh, people, especially uh, reviewers like uh, like uh, what's his name, Uh, Robert Ebert Mm -hmm. and uh, and his uh, his pal uh, Siskel and Ebert. Thank you. Yeah. uh, So. They, I feel like those were the prime examples of like that older generation that just didn't understand, Yeah, you know, they just didn't get it, you know, because every single movie, like uh, for instance, the thing, John Carpenter's The thing, they despised it. I they remember. called it a piece of trash, Yeah, you know, and, and the fact that you can call that movie a piece of trash being that you were a filmmaker and that you're a movie reviewer, you can't seem to see the appeal to something like that. Yeah that kind of shows you're kind of dead to the times. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and nowadays that's what you see is that people are more accepted to it. So much so that fucking Jordan Peele made a movie in 2017 that won an award an Oscar, <laughs> you know? I mean, bro, that's insane. We hadn't seen something like that since silence of the Lamb in elementary. the nineties. Right. Another fantastic movie. But here's the thing though. Mm. And, and here's the thing that, um, uh, another shout out that i want to give to is to amc's the history eli roth's the history of horror
0: fantastic series. Who's listening,
1: please please watch that you can check it out on amc if you don't have cable uh you can get amc plus or you can watch it on the shutter channel uh excuse me shutter app right now yeah season one through two is on there i'm sure season three will be on there soon but absolutely recommend any horror fan or anybody who wants to get in horror Watch that. It's a deep dive in the uh, analyzation of different horror genres, and they talk with horror icons, actors, yeah. uh, sub actors, uh, directors, writers, everybody, uh, even professors. They got college professors on there yeah. as well.
0: No, it's a fantastic so series. There,
1: it really is, right? And I knew yeah. you would have already seen it, so that's I, I, so why I'm like, yeah, everybody else watch it, but I know Richie's already seen it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's it's, but, it's
0: legit. Um, right? It, it's one of those and ones where. Because it's Eli Roth, he's able to bring on yes. just amazing people um, uh, onto his show. Uh, I first, the first time I, I got exposed to it, wasn't even on the show. It was through the podcast. Um, the uh-huh. the for,
1: Oh right. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. So I checked out the podcast, listened a couple of episodes, and like I was, I was, I was hooked. And then I started actually watching the the physical interviews and it's just, it's amazing, man. Like the stuff they cover, the stuff they talk about, um, sometimes things that you don't even really consider when it comes to not just the genre and the industry, but the work that goes into some of this stuff.
1: It's amazing, bro. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's beautiful to see how passionate they are, you know? Yeah. And actually, that was the reason I was bringing it up, though, was because they had mentioned in one episode, mm-hmm. they talk about how... um, uh, Shit, I lost my train of thought. But I-, I think I was saying something like the progression of horror films and how they've moved on from where it used to be to where it's going, you yeah. know, now. And at one point, they even mentioned that in the 90s, when silence of the lambs had uh, won an oscar Mm -hmm. so it took a lot just for that movie to win an oscar if you think about it they had a prestigious director i i don't know his name right now but uh, it was a very prestigious director who had done a lot of best picture type of style films you know uh they they got talented a class actors you know in the movie and when the movie came out and it was being nominated for an Oscar, which it won, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't called a horror movie. And that's the fucked up part about it, bro. They called it a thriller. Yeah. a thriller, yeah, a thriller. That. And that's the fucked up thing. And that's what I try to tell people. I'm like, you know what? That's the thing about horror. It doesn't get the respect. Well, at least it didn't. Now yeah. it's getting a little more, but it doesn't get the respect that it, it deserves because that movie is to this day. Not considered a horror, but it's a slasher movie. The, the Silence of the Lambs is a slasher movie. It is, and uh, yeah, and and um, and Jordan Peele's uh, uh, Get Out, which also won an Oscar, yeah. was considered a thriller, a a like a mind bend yeah. type of thriller. It's not. He said it's not a fucking thriller. This is a possession movie. Yeah, it has it has themes of thrills in it, but this is a possession horror movie. And they will never call it that in the Oscars. And that's the thing that I I always try to tell people. Give it the respect it deserves. Yeah. Because they they really shoot their shot and they really go balls to the wall with them. And they're amazing. And a lot of them, I'm surprised that they really haven't earned Oscars or been nominated at the very least for amazing special effects. Because, yeah, yeah, if, if you see mostly from the 80s i would say though from from the 80s on my god the effects on those things and the work that they put into it to make it real yeah chucky e, the gremlins uh from beyond uh american werewolf in london which i think did get nominated uh the howling uh, uh phantasm i mean shit like that it go, the list goes on and on i mean we're yeah, talking like a lot of work yeah man and all of those could have easily been nominated but because they're not prestigious type of movies they're frowned upon yeah sadly and that's the thing Mm -hmm. sadly yeah and that's that's the thing about the scream series bro is that they kind of pay tribute to a lot of that too
0: absolutely absolutely
1: Yeah,
0: and and, uh, honestly i could see scream being uh entry point or a stepping stone for new horror fans to get into um mm-hmm. the genre.
1: Yes. Just because yeah, I, it, it, I gave it its own name actually. Uh, I call it uh Gateway Horror.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh that's yeah. that's perfect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Because uh just... it's that type of movie that uh even young kids can watch it because it's not super overly like uh too much, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because truthfully, I mean, I <laughs> I know I always bring this up now, bro. But uh, Hellraiser, I know <laughs> that you, you have a thing about Hellraiser because <laughs> uh, if you listen to our last episode, we mentioned how we got into horror. Uh, Richie mentioned that you you stepped in on. I believe it. You said it was your uncle, right? That he was watching Hellraiser too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, those are those type of movies where it's like, eventually, I think everyone should see them. I just. I think there's also a time and place for that sort of hardcore type of stuff. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a limit. Like uh, for instance, um, uh, I would never show a young kid like my nephew. I would never show him the exorcist as their first horror movie, right? Cause they'll never watch another horror movie again. Or they'll take know? them off the deep end, which is even worse. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of the, it, it's the same effect. It's like, if you throw a kid in the deep end of the pool, you don't teach them to swim that way. You start in the shallow end, right? Yeah. So you need gateway horror. Yeah. And there are quite a few, I'm sure we can name them eventually, but, um, that screen franchise, I would definitely say that's a safe stepping stone for anybody who's, uh, down to start their, their kids or whoever on horror. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, like, I Pre-teens, teens, like mm-hmm. I I have nieces mm-hmm. uh that actually what last year, the year before, we all sat down and mm-hmm. watched the the Scream series mm-hmm. and for some scenes that are relatively gory, it's it's mm-hmm. as far as the, the the gore goes, it it's relatively tame compared to other stuff that's out there. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they actually mentioned that quite a few times. Uh, I know uh, a couple of reviewers on YouTube that have talked about the Scream series, and they've said that. They're like, you know, the the only thing about the Scream series has always been that they're, uh, they're kills, not the highlights of the movie. Too, you know? Right. They're They're relatively easy type of kills, too. I mean, they're pretty tame. They're not very bloody. There's not a lot of of shit to it, you know, not, not like, um, the Friday 13 series, for instance, where it's creative with their kills, even yeah. though there might not be too much like, uh, gore. Yeah. But, uh, but it's definitely creative.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because I mean, yeah. with, with the original scream, the most violent of the deaths was, uh, drew Barrymore's. And yeah, I, I feel right. like West and did that. on will per- uh, Oh yeah. And Steve, uh, I feel yeah. like West did that on purpose to set the tone in a sense mm-hmm. of, okay, we killed off Drew Barrymore in this brutal way, and this is just the mm-hmm. beginning. Even if he mm-hmm. wasn't going to bring it to that level again, the tension mm-hmm. among the audience was going to remain there because everybody's like, holy shit, they fucking just killed Drew Barrymore, and they gutted her. Yeah. What else exactly. does he have in store for us?
1: Exactly. And that's something, especially for back in those days, in the 90s, you don't yeah. kill your main biggest cast member? I mean everybody else wasn't very huge at that time. No. You know, except for maybe Courtney Cox because of Friends.
0: Well, but, ne- Nev was on uh what was it? Uh, party of 5 at the time, but they weren't oh, they weren't as right. big
1: as Drew. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess uh I guess the thing would be then they weren't as big as Drew in the sense that she was a big movie star yeah. whereas the rest of them were bigger because of television. Right you know and, so they, they were uh they were really getting there and she's on the poster <laughs> she, yes, she's on the poster right. front she's and center both of them yeah both of them because the uh the other poster the uh the one that shows kind of like a uh, a silhouette with a girl's eyes that are blue and and like you can tell she's covering her mouth yeah that's home. her yeah, that's her. Exactly. So there's her. And then she's front and center in the poster of the other one where it has the characters, you know, and Sydney is kind of in the background in that one. Yeah, that is absolutely and, and that's, true. And they fucked with you because they did, they pulled uh, uh, the Hitchcock on us on that one.
0: Well, it's funny because it, it's such a West Craven thing to do. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, um, uh, a nightmare on Elm street mm-hmm. and a nightmare on Elm street. When you first start watching the film, you believe that mm-hmm. Tina is mm-hmm. going to be the, the main character. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know? Uh, yeah. And then suddenly she's being dragged through the ceiling and you're like, holy shit, what the hell just yeah.
1: happened? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Cause Nancy was kind of a background character up until that point. You yeah. know, she didn't really seem like she had the chops to, be the final girl yeah. you know yeah, yeah and uh, that and was they, brilliant. They, he pulled it on us it was brilliant it was brilliant <laughs> you know and and that's actually the other thing about the scream franchise that i love too you know not only to west craven which actually i i wanted to bring up too was that i love that this movie this uh new scream movie was an homage to west craven yes you know it, it was uh, really respecting his legacy. And you can tell, like, in every single scene that they do of this movie, they really, really are giving it their all. Because they're like, we are not going to upstage Wes Craven. Like, that's right. just not going to happen. You know, these, uh, these two directors, this duo. And, and they, but they were like, but you know what we can do? We can make the best type of screen movie that Wes would have loved. And I think he would have been very, very happy.
0: Me too. Me too. I could yeah. definitely agree with
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can tell that uh, there's a lot of love and uh, I honestly can pop in once this one comes out to, to own, I could pop in scream, mm-hmm. to scream five and not miss a beat. I could be like, Oh shit. Like this is exactly like Wes Craven's uh, work, you know, which is great. It's, it's really awesome to just see that, that they really put in that work. And that's the thing about the screen franchise as a whole which is why I also say that I think it's a good starting off point for mm-hmm. people who want to get into horror, is that it also kind of analyzes horror in right. general. Yeah, so it's kind of like showing you the all the horror things and giving them a lot of love, and it makes you want to investigate. Like, for instance, they mentioned prom Night in the original uh, uh, Scream yes uh i i had at that point never heard of prom night i was like prom night like what's that you know or the howling too they're like what's that movie with the girl the the mom from et and he's like the howling and i was like the mom from et oh really (laughs) okay you know what i mean and then there you go you're in that rabbit hole you're like okay i'm gonna watch the howling you watch the howling then you're like okay i'm gonna look up this actress because she's cool what do you know she's also in critters and what do you know? Even before then, she was in another West Craven movie. Yeah. She was in the original, um, no, not Last House on the Left. It was uh, The Hills Have Eyes.
0: Hills Have Eyes, yeah.
1: You know, and there you go. Now you're on that cake, and you're like, "Well, let me check out West Craven." And then you're like, "Oh shit, he made uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. He helped uh, fucking uh, Sean Cunningham with uh, with Friday. That's right. You know, I mean, dude, it goes on and on, and that's that's that type of love that I'm talking about. We we just
0: We need that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, it's the perfect damn near perfect gateway series. Um, Mm -hmm. just like with even the fifth one where they mentioned hereditary, the witch, all these, all these new modern horror classics that some other people might not even know about. And just like you said, they're going to look them up like, Holy crap. And just expand, um, you know, the, the, the films that are, that they're checking out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly it. Because um, you and I know that, and we're horror fans, you know, so we've seen the witch we've seen hereditary, you know, and those are a 24 movies. So, yeah. You know, um, there's a, there's a big percentage of people, me included. I'm I'm not even going to lie. There was me included in that, in that percentage where I was like, I don't want to watch a 24 movies because the original A 24 movies that came out, they weren't horror But, um, I, I found them kind of pretentiously boring. Right. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and again, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like, like, uh, oh, all I want to see is like horror. That's kind of like funny and stupid, you know, cause I'm into a lot of things, but you know, a 24 at a time had kind of a, this thing where they would make movies that were drawn out and a bit slow. They almost didn't have a plot to say, uh, you know, a um, lot
0: of the early stuff. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. But, but they really showed out and then they made other movies. They made Hereditary. They made The Witch. Those are movies that horror fans would, uh, some horror fans probably wouldn't check out. They would probably be like, I don't want to see a movie that's uh, about this family and there doesn't seem to be like any killer or anything extraordinary happening it's kind of like about an analyzation of a family that's broken right right and yeah and same with the witch uh most people would tell you they don't want to see it because they don't want to see a long movie about this family that lives in like the olden times you know pilgrimage times and uh and they speak in ye olde english you know
0: i feel like a lot a lot of that has to do with um and i'm sorry to interrupt you Um, No, good. A a lot of it has to do with this. uh, The younger generation, Mm -hmm. they want. They're very into jump scares. Um, I don't know too many young people that'll sit there and watch a slow burn horror film Mm -hmm. because they find it boring.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Exactly. Like my son has been talking about wanting to watch Hereditary for almost a year. I'm like, dude, you're not ready for that film. (laughs) you are not yeah yeah, he wants to see it because he keeps hearing about it some i'm I'm assuming some of the older kids uh at his high Uh school are talking about also midsummer and i'm like dude Mm -hmm. i don't think you're prepared for these movies not because of the intensity Mm -hmm. of the horror but or the, the images because they are pretty intense scenes um okay but because it's a slow like hereditary is a slow slow burn
1: Yes, it is. And
0: when shit hits the fan, when, when shit happens, it happens and it happens viscerally and brutally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the film leaves a lot for you to think about when it's over. Yeah. Same thing it with Midsummer. Um, mm-hmm. What's another one? The Lighthouse. Uh, was
1: the, the Lighthouse, yes. That's another one where I really had to think about. I was like, do I like this movie? Because I sat through it and I was like, Huh? you know and that's the thing you know that that's the type of movie where it's like yeah like you can really think about this and you're like huh instead of just like damn that was cool you know and nothing wrong with that again i love those type of movies i want to see more of them but yeah you really you you do have to appreciate that they're really shooting their shots now like to to make highbrow different type of horror because they know that the audience is maturing yeah Absolutely,
0: yeah absolutely yeah. i mean we're
1: we're maturing, and our our fears are changing, yes you know? yeah. a- and, that's, and what, that's they actually touch upon that a lot, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: no, no, sorry, uh this episode, folks, we're going to be talking to each other quite a bit because we're excited, it's been a long time, so <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> um i one of the things that I remember, uh I think it was George Romero, uh-huh. or oh, it might have been. Greg Nicotero, as well. A couple of guys have said it is that horror is a reflection of the times that it is made in. Yes. And, and I think the reason that highbrow horror has become so so prevalent and so important in today today's society is that the average fan, like you said, is mature and they're getting smarter. Um, right. Those of us that came up in the '80s and '90s, we still enjoy. Um, what they would call a brainless popcorn horror film? Yes, but you're not going to pull that over on some of these younger audiences that are coming up.
1: No, 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 yeah, exactly. Because um the the differences that I've seen, again, having a little sister who's 15 years mm-hmm. my my uh, minor, you know she's growing up this in, in this age, they're the Gen Z age, right? right? They're different than us. They really are. And I love that analyzation. I love to touch on that because they really are different. They, they catch things a lot faster. Yeah. They're processing things faster. They grew up in an age where the internet wasn't becoming a thing. It is a thing. you know. Yeah. In fact, it's progressed to such an age now where anything else – seems stupid to them you know what i mean like if i put on a movie for them let's say for instance uh, off the top of my okay. head i can think of not a horror movie but war games let's okay let's say war games right okay something like that or or better yet i'll tell you what there's a scene in the thing 1982 is the thing i know mm-hmm. we mentioned that already a couple times yeah. there's a scene where the computer uh Blair, the, <laughs> one of the scientists there, he's using the computer to analyze the thing's cells, mm-hmm. and it's kind of magically telling him things, like magically saying, oh, if this thing got loose, it would take over the world in like three days or something like that, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like the thing, because the computer wasn't really a thing yet. It wasn't there. The internet wasn't there yet. And if I showed that to my sister... She would really immediately check out because they're like, that's fucking stupid. A computer can't tell you that. You know, you would have to Google that shit. And you're like, yeah, but you have to remember when you and I were growing up, the computers and the Internet were really developing still. Yeah. You know, the sky it was, was the really limit. Still becoming... Exactly. It's the sky was the limit. We didn't know how far we could get. We didn't know we could get to swipe technology eventually. Shit like that. Right yeah it was still growing it was in its infancy still now it's really progressed to a point where i'm sure it still has ways to go but we're kind of at this point where it's like there's really not much that you can't do with it True. so that's the thing with horror now too is that if you show them a movie like say for instance something from the 80s you know which is funny uh like reanimator to us that seems really cool and it seems really funny too but it, it's pretty awesome it's like hey that shit could be kind of cool you know if it happened to them they're like that's fucking stupid that yes. can never happen you know I, but you show them something like hereditary and they're like that shit does happen and that's the <laughs> difference <laughs> that shit does happen maybe not the end part but everything else
2: yeah. does happen dealing they're, with that kind of trauma of
1: families like yeah that. yeah there are parents like that. There are families like that where they regret, you know, they regret having a child. They regret having two children even sometimes. They're like, I was happy before you came along, and now you're here. And that's, that's a type of horror that a lot of people don't talk about. Yeah. And maybe because people haven't talked about it a lot, now it's coming out a lot, and more people are wanting to see that. And like Midsummer, uh, I don't know how to say it. Midsummer or Midsummer. Midsommar, yeah. <laughs> <it>. yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Even that movie, that, that's, a, that's a type of thing where that shit does happen. There are cultures out there that are different than us. Yeah. You know? And, and sometimes that shit could seem scary to people. And that's something that I'm sure would scare the new people because to them, it's not about what can't happen because fantasy and whatever, and they don't believe in that shit because they have the internet. They know that like, your doesn't exist or something like that. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas now they're like, no, 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 no. Well, it's real horror is like depression and yeah. families and shit like that. That, that's scary. You know, <laughs> other people are scary. Kind of like the 1970s. They went through that phase out at a point too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's funny because, um, Like, for example, you mentioned about like depression and whatnot and all these, Mm -hmm. these real, uh, subjects that didn't really get brought up too much in the past. And now that the Mm -hmm. subjects of actual films, like, uh, I don't know if you saw, um, the lake house.
1: Oh yeah. 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 I have seen that movie.
0: I mean, the, the entire film, um, spoilers folks, uh, focuses on her dealing with her depression and mourning the, her husband's suicide. Right. And right, then obviously yes. there's a little bit more to it than that, but um, you don't really, you didn't see too much of that in the past where they would, you know, treat or display trauma and depression in that way on, on, on film. Uh, and I think, it, I think it's important. I think it's important to, to address those, those types of things. Um, so I'm really glad they're starting to go that route with, with a lot of this, uh, quote unquote, highbrow horror, you know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, it's one of those things that, again, I'm, I'm not saying I don't want to see those type of uh, movies anymore. Like the, uh, the horror and, you know, the fun type of horror, I guess you would call it now, you know, slashers and shit. I love that. And I want to see it, but there is something cool about seeing like this new type of movement of horror, because, there there are real stories that people are telling now that scary. And it's scary because maybe you experience it. You know? Yeah. And I think it's also important because you um because you experiencing it, watching the movie can kind of help you conquer it, I guess. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. uh I know I know that, that that's kind of the thing about this movie with Scream 5 is that they're telling you yeah, those movies that you grew up with, like the ones that, uh, that Richie and, uh, and Amber, the, the
2: killers, mm-hmm. they,
1: they were, I mean, that's the reason. I, I guess um, we, we forgot to mention what their purpose was, but so the purpose of the killers in this movie was that they were pissed about the, the route that their movies are going because the thing is that in the screen universe there's a <laughs> there's a series of movies that are based on the movies right called Stab right yeah so in that one they've made a series of movies already as well but they're they're like already up to number 8 i believe yeah so they had mentioned that they were both real big fans of the Stab series but once it got to part 8 they uh they kind of went a different route which was touching on the new brand of horror which is kind of highbrow horror yeah yeah and uh and that pissed them off pissed them off to the point where they're like this isn't what it is this isn't this franchise this franchise is fun and killing and slasher and it is what it is so i think that that's also an important thing about this movie is that Mm -hmm. they kind of uh they they kind of nail it on the head they're like let's let's be very clear the movies that existed should remain the way they existed you can do different things with it but you can't remove what it was you know right right. highbrow is highbrow slasher is slasher everything else is everything else you know you got to keep it the way it is because i think that there have been some franchises that have kind of moved away from that and gone a different route yeah and they failed for that reason
0: yeah true true true
1: yeah yeah, like, for instance, um, the one that I can think of off the top of my head, which I completely disagree mm-hmm. with anyone who who says that this movie is terrible, is the Evil Dead remake from 2013. Wow. I that is blasphemy. With... <laughs> that,
0: yes. that movie's yeah. amazing.
1: <laughs> right? I, I agree. I'm like, dude, I don't understand anyone who says that this movie's not good, that it was stupid, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, dude, this is a remake, kind of, really of um of this franchise and they did it right they didn't trample on anybody nobody was named ash Mm -mm. you know they weren't fucking replicating anything the only thing they did was replicate the story but they they did something different yeah you know but but then again uh right after that what did they do they made ash versus evil dead they know what they're doing yeah you know yeah. Yeah. Some franchises just know it's like don't fuck with the original. Like, uh, like Sydney said in in number uh, four. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> don't fuck with the original. You just gotta you gotta do it the way you want to do it. You can do different aspects, but you cannot fuck with it. You absolutely would not make a highbrow horror movie based on one of the other characters that we've seen, like oh, no. the Scream franchise. No, 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 we we do not need to see a retrospective movie of Jason Voorhees contemplating his depression because of his, his, uh, disabilities when he was a child that his mother was killed. We don't need to see that he is in himself in his, his own, you know, representation of that. Like we, that's why people love him. You know, there's a camp to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's completely unnecessary to go that route. Um, no, it, absolutely. It, it's almost like shitting on the, on the legacy of the original films.
1: Exactly. That's uh, what I can relate to these killers. I can yeah. relate to that because I would be pissed too. I'd be very pissed if they did something like that to, to Jason, who is my favorite killer. Of the slasher. yeah. No, <laughs> yes. Yeah, in the slasher genre. Yeah. It, it really, of any, of any camp of the horror, Jason is my number one, so much so that I have him tattooed on my arm. And nice. he has the biggest spot yeah he's on my <laughs> shoulder all the way down to my forearm and he's got the biggest spot and i've already started on the rest i got i got michael now and i'm moving on to freddie uh probably by march oh that's awesome but uh yeah thank you bro yeah yeah, yeah. i'll uh, i'll maybe send some pictures and shit but um yeah, that that's one of those things where it's like, that's because I love him so much the way he is. Yeah. I would not want to see somebody fuck with it. And that's one of those things that I think they addressed a lot in Screen 5 too, yeah. is that they don't want anyone to fuck with the franchise the way it is. Which is, I think, the, the, I mean, in a funny way, I think it's the directors kind of talking to themselves about it too. Yeah. They're like, don't fuck this up. To themselves
0: and to the industry.
1: Yeah, yeah. they're like, don't fuck this up. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think that they were saying that, like, truthfully. They're like, Wes would be rolling in his grave if we fucked this up. Let's <laughs> not fuck this up.
0: <laughs> it, it's one of those things where some some things don't need explanation, don't need um, mm-hmm. any more in-depth thought about it. Like, one of the main things that I disliked about the Rob Zombie um remakes of halloween is Mm. he tried to make in a way he tried to make michael myers sympathetic character Mm, because he he was being bullied as a child and this and that and Mm -hmm. his upbringing is like no Mm -hmm. no you could like Mm -hmm. the whole thing and we mentioned it earlier the whole thing with with michael myers is that you don't know why he does what he does he just fucking Mm -hmm. does it that's the scary part about it now, when exactly. you make him a kid that was bullied and eventually he snapped, I get that for any other character, whatever, but mm-hmm. it feels like it takes away from a lot of the the mysticism behind what Michael Myers is. Essentially, he made his own films, but he fucked with the original.
1: Right. Um, right. And, yeah, and in that case, I, uh, I do agree with you because... Um... You know, my, my opinion on that movie has changed a lot mm. recently. Uh, I don't know what happened, but I did used to enjoy that movie. And uh, I I thought it was cool. I definitely didn't think it was anywhere near as good as the originals. So nowhere near. Yeah. But, but I see what you're saying because, yeah, it's true. I kind of sympathize with the dude a little bit. And even then, it kind of seemed like, Rob Zombie didn't know what he wanted to do because right. at a point it almost seemed as if he also still wanted it to seem like we don't know why he does what he does. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, you got to pick one or the other, man. Like either, you know, either he snaps because of his uh life, which anybody would really, right. You know, or he doesn't snap and he just does his shit because he just does, but it doesn't really make sense in the context of that movie because he was literally being abused, yelled at, I mean, the whole nine yards. So, yeah, yeah why, why, you know, why wouldn't anybody snap at that? You know, and, but you're right, you're right. That, that's one of those things that is like them fucking with the original type of style.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, with Rob Zombie, with that approach, and I think we, we had a conversation about that before, is mm-hmm. he, in my opinion, would have made a phenomenal Friday the 13th film
1: mm okay
0: uh, just because, yes, Jason does what he does, but how he became what he is was was tragic, yeah, he has a tragic beginning, you know, it wasn't like mrs warhees mm-hmm. uh was a serial killer from the ghost, she was seeking revenge for her child, um not being taken care of, and essentially he ended up oh. dying due to it by drowning. Um, Right. So he, even though he's a he's a killing machine, I I have, I'm sympathetic towards Jason Voorhees, in a sense. Right. Yeah. Um, At least for his origins. Um, Yeah. Now had, Rob done uh, Friday Thirteenth instead of Halloween, and still brought that same brutality
1: that he brought to Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. I think he fucking would have killed it, man. Mm, Okay. You know, funny you mentioned that, bro. Um, There's been numerous, numerous times that he's interviewed mm-hmm. where he's said that his favorite movies, uh, well, movie, actually, and uh, his uh, his inspiration for becoming a director mm-hmm. was uh, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, I could and, see that. Yeah, you can totally see that watching The Devil's Rejects, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah really any of his fucking original style type of movie even Halloween actually i would say that there's a lot of reminiscence of that yeah i think he would have done well doing a remake of the texas chainsaw massacre yeah. and he even stated it at one point he was on a uh, he was being interviewed by a magazine and they asked him they're like your your take on halloween is a lot different than most people would have gone because halloween is a little more subdued and it's a little more mystery type of why he does what he does type of shit right right and he mentioned he never wanted to do that movie. They just threw it on his desk and he had to do it because it was a studio movie and he had no choice, which is already like a big no-no for me. Yeah. Um, but he said that if he had the chance, if they would have thrown Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake on his desk, he would have absolutely have done it because that's his movie. I mean, I can you imagine how grotesque that movie would have oh, been? Oh, yeah. He would have Watching- killed it. He would have killed it, man. Yeah. That's the devil's rejects. But with Leatherface? Yeah. Oh, it's over. Oh, yeah. That would have been fucking amazing. That would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been like a really fucking grotesque type of awesome movie.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're concluding our second episode. Please join us back here for part two of our Scream franchise uh retrospect that we're doing here um yes oscar like always it's been freaking amazing i had a great time it's been a
1: pleasure it's been so much fun i'm very excited to get started again and we're going to continue this
0: absolutely absolutely um oscar let them know where they can they can find you
1: Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. You can look at me under my name, Oscar Quintanilla Reyes, or you can find me on Instagram. I'm currently under cookie underscore mon92. Yeah, so you can find me under those or just hit me up. uh, You know where to find me.
0: Awesome, awesome. And you can find me at rotten underscore celluloid on, on Instagram. If you have any questions, any messages, anything that you want us to review or look, look into uh please dm us and uh we'll definitely check it out
1: yeah absolutely
0: so for now uh stay spooky folks yeah stay spooky